one thing that is not being covered that much is the slow-moving destruction of this ridiculous myth about keeping your private health insurance uh, plan because we don't want to take the choice away from Americans. We don't want to take the choice away from fine, fine, fine Americans. We want them to have the choice to keep their amazing, generous, employer-based private health insurance industry. Uh, if you remember our, our friend, uh, Mayor uh, Pee Wee Herman, I mean, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, let's see what Mayor Pete had to say at the last debate about keeping the choice to this wonderful, wonderful plan to health care. What is he saying? It Medicare for all who want it. Some nonsense. Let's hear what Mayor Pete had to say. Mayor Buttigieg, you say Senator Warren has been, quote, evasive about how she's going to pay for Medicare for all. What's your response? Well, we heard it tonight. A yes or no question that didn't get a yes or no answer. Look, this is why people here in the Midwest are so frustrated with Washington in general and Capitol Hill in particular. Your signature, Senator, is to have a plan for everything except this. No plan has been laid out to explain how a multi-trillion dollar hole in this Medicare for All plan that Senator Warren is putting forward is supposed to get filled in. And the thing is, we really can deliver health care for every American and move forward with the boldest, biggest transformation since the inception of Medicare itself. But the way to do it without a giant multi-trillion dollar hole and without uh, having to avoid a yes or no question is Medicare for all who want it. We take a version of Medicare, we let you access it if you want to, and if you prefer to stay on your private plan, you can do that too. That is what most Americans want. Medicare for all who want it, trusting you to make the right decision for your health care and for your family, and it can be delivered Thank you, Mayor. without an increase Senator, on Senator, your response. Taxes. So, Mayor Pete, Mayor Pete, who, by the way, I'm still not understanding. What is this man's qualification to run for president of the United States? I don't want to be an elitist jerk off. He's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Sorry to my friends in South Bend, Indiana, but you're not exactly Chicago, Illinois, population wise. It's not like South Bend, Indiana is some roaring metropolis. I speak with people there. It's gentrified like the rest of America. So putting that aside, he never gets asked, what is your qualifications to run for president? Putting that aside, Mayor Pete keeps saying at these debates, Bernie, Warren, you're taking away people's choice. Why are you taking away people's choice? They want the choice to keep private health insurance. Well, I think what Mayor Pete might be misunderstanding is you don't have a choice with your private health insurance industry. And the Washington Post of all places, the Washington Post of all places, who has been pushing the fear mongering uh, for Medicare for all, saying Americans don't want it, it's gonna be too expensive, it's not doable, people will have to wait for hours and hours, days and days, weeks and weeks for certain things. The Washington Post is now a case study in the fact that you don't have a choice here from a writer from the Washington Post, just put this out there uh, yesterday. The Post giveth and the Post shall taketh away. Days after announcing additional paid parental leave, great for uh, you know fathers getting extended parental leave, company officials move staff towards high deductible health insurance plans that shift significant costs and risk onto the employees. Hashtag WAPO strong. Uh, who owns the Washington Post? 
Anna, my girlfriend's here. She's sitting down. Jeff Bezos is his name? Oh. So Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos, who, mind you, how much does Jeff Bezos make a day? Just in his stock alone, Jeff Bezos makes over $100 million per day on stock options alone. But Jeff Bezos, he can't afford to pay those wonderful journalists at the Washington Post. Uh, he can't afford to give them good health insurance. So this is not me saying it. This is, by the way, this gentleman is a member of the Guild, the union that represents the Washington Post. So this choice that Mayor Pete and Joe Biden keep talking about and Kamala Harris keep talking about that Bernie and Warren, who pretends that she's for Medicare for all, but we all know she's not, this choice that we're ripping away from the fine folks at the Washington Post, no, 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 no. It's companies like the Washington Post under Jeff Bezos who are not giving their employees a choice. Because not that I'm, you know, sitting here crying tears for the Washington Post. They're doing just fine uh, in terms of uh, their, their earnings at the Washington Post. Uh, journalists there. But they don't have a choice. Like any other company, your, your employer can change your health insurance every year. I remember when I worked for corporations, pretty much every year there were changes, changes in the health care plan. Sometimes they changed from companies. I remember, I think at MSNBC, they changed from Aetna to Cigna one year. The deductible was higher. We paid more in the co-pays. I believe when I was at the Young Turks, the same thing happened. Um, and to tell you the truth, I can't fully blame the companies because healthcare costs keep rising. So they are having to face uh, a higher share of the burden. And they're passing that off to their employees. I do blame Jeff Bezos because he could afford to give a gold standard healthcare plan. He's just choosing not to because he's a greedy, greedy mother. Boop. Bernie Sanders got in on this ridiculousness of, you know, the media pretending that Medicare for all rips away their choice by basically referencing that tweet I just showed you. Bernie took the tweet from the Washington Post reporter and said, we shouldn't allow Jeff Bezos or any other boss to choose their profits over workers' health care. We need Medicare for all. Bernie! Bringing it, baby! Bernie! Do I have my punch effect? Boom. There it goes. So... This notion, this notion that Medicare for all somehow takes away your choice. You don't have a choice. If you get laid off, there goes your health care from your employer. If you're at your employer and your company wants to change your plan where your deductibles go off, mind you, most people don't work at the Washington Post, making, for the most part, journalists there do very, very well in terms of salary. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck. So if your employer at a smaller company uh, than the Washington Post changes their healthcare plan and makes deductibles higher for you, makes co-pays higher for you, you throw in some co-insurance that they make you pay, well, that could be the difference between you paying the rent this month or getting, the gro getting enough groceries or paying the, for the medicine and those kinds of things. So this choice narrative is a bunch of, shall I say from Joe Biden, malarkey. I want to also show you a tweet from Wendell Potter, who is a healthcare whistleblower. He used to work for big healthcare companies and since then has been blowing the whistle on how immoral and basically greedy these healthcare companies are. 
Wendell Potter tweeted, one of the reasons I left Cigna was meetings about high deductible plans. A consultant was explaining the merits of high deductible plans to us. I questioned how it would shift costs to workers. He got frustrated and said, you're going to have to drink the Kool-Aid. And he tweeted this out in reference to that same Washington Post uh, per, uh, journalist saying, yeah, Washington Post raising our health care costs. So Cigna told Wendell Potter, you're going to have to drink the Kool-Aid when he expressed grievances, uh, grievances about these high deductible plans. What this shows very clearly. Oh, by the way, I just want to show you in the Emerson poll from yesterday, I should have mentioned the Emerson poll from yesterday, 70% of voters strongly oppose employers to be allowed to change or eliminate an employee's health insurance against the employee's wishes. 70% oppose employers changing health care against the employee's wishes. Well, wait a second. I keep hearing from Joe Biden and Mayor Pee Wee Herman over there that people the American people want choice. The American people want the choice to keep their employer-based health care. Well, what about this poll that says 70% don't, are opposed to employers fiddling with their health care? Well, all employers fiddle with your health care from small, small adjustments to large adjustments. So call me, you know, cynical Susie here. But I'm pretty sure this poll and many others that say the same thing, anything, polls are worded in very specific ways. So a poll could be worded in a very specific way to get whatever answer the pollster wants. So a lot of times polls are, are, are worded in a way to get an answer that makes it seem like people are against government health care. And then you could you could word a poll a different way where people find it much, much more. It's much more popular with people to have a government health insurance, uh, government run system. Here's here's the thing with all this. Not only is companies like The Washington Post showing that this is a bunch of baloney and you don't have a choice with private health insurance industry. President Obama's very own Medicare chief who ran Medicare under the Obama administration, literally wrote a piece the other day. Headline, USA Today, stop fear-mongering about Medicare for all. Most families would pay less for better care. Donald Berwick, who was Barack Obama's head, uh, President Obama's chief of Medicare. Credit, you know, I, get, I, I, I crucify a lot of media outlets Credit to the USA Today for running this. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read a little bit for you. With costs rising painfully, insurance companies denying care, and nearly 30 million people still uninsured, America desperately needs an honest health policy discussion. That's why it has been so disappointing over the past several weeks to watch multiple candidates parrot right-wing attacks on Medicare for All, like claiming that it will greatly increase spending on health care or ringing alarms about raising taxes on the middle class. The truth is the opposite. Medicare for all would sharply reduce overall spending on health care. It could be thoughtfully designed to reduce total costs for the vast majority of American families while improving the quality of the care they get. Over my career, I have witnessed the problems with our health care system firsthand. As a pediatrician, I have seen how our fragmented, expensive system hurts children and families. 
Where is CNN and MSNBC breaking news? Barack Obama's chief of Medicare comes out for Medicare for all. Is that not a big deal? Am I in the twilight zone? All we hear is the people railing against Medicare for all, but we don't hear somebody from Joe Biden's administration. Remember, Joe Biden was the vice president. We don't hear. He's not the janitor. He's not some mid-level staffer. This is the head of Medicare and Medicaid for President Obama saying, we need Medicare for all. But no, you don't hear it anyway. The Dakota Access Pipeline, which currently uh, carries 500,000 barrels of oil a day uh, through North Dakota, through South Dakota, um, through North Dakota, South Dakota, and into Illinois, uh, it carries 500,000, 500,000 barrels a day. The oil company, Energy Transfer Partners, greedy, greedy mofos, they want to move it to 1.1 million barrels of oil per day. This was announced a few months ago, but there's a development. Just to remind you, if you didn't know, um, obviously the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe is against this because expanding it from 500,000 barrels of oil a day to over a million barrels, I mean, if you have a spill, which at this point reported there's been five spills, but like we always say, it could be it could be more spills that they haven't reported because North Dakota and Texas basically have ridiculous laws on actual on actually mandating that oil companies report spills. So for all we know, there has been more spills that have not been reported, including into the Missouri River, which serves 20 million people downstream their drinking water. So uh, Standing Rock Sioux Chairman Mike Faith said in, a sta- said in a statement, this was a couple months ago, that, quote, the proposed pipeline expansion magnifies the, poten- pro- magnifies the potential disaster in the event of an oil spill. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe looks forward to expressing its concerns during the upcoming PSC hearing. The $3.8 billion pipeline is less than a half mile for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, beneath a Missouri River reservoir that is the tribe's water source. The company says the expansion would help meet the growing demand for oil from North Dakota, the nation's second biggest oil uh, producer behind Texas. Of course, that's a load of bullshit. Most of the most of the oil from these pipelines is not going to North Dakota. It's not going to South Dakota. It's going to export terminals in the Gulf to then go to other countries, a.k.a. energy independence, as they call it, energy independence. So... The update, the update in this story, yesterday, commissioners in South Dakota, in a South Dakota county, approved a conditional use permit for a pumping station needed for an expansion of the Dakota Access Pipeline. The Lincoln County Board, of course, shockingly, a South Dakota, South Dakota politicians, voted four to one in favor of the proposed proposal the station expected to cost between $30 million and $40 million would be built near Harrisburg in southeastern South Dakota. Texas-based Energy Transfer announced in June its plans to expand the pipeline's capacity, which I just read to you. The Lincoln County Planning Commission approved the project last month, but the members of the Dakota Rural Action, a South Dakota environmental group, appealed the decision to the county board. Opponents warned of possible pollution. Senior organizer Rebecca Turk of Dakota Rural Action told commissioners that the pumping station would increase risks of the pipeline developing leaks 
or a catastrophic blowout. She said that in turn would harm water suppliers, water supplies, and farmland. Quote, it's not just about the pipe as a whole. It's about those imperfections that exist throughout the pipeline. Supporters testified in favor of the project, including union representatives, blah, 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 blah. The site includes a 13,000-gallon tank to provide surge relief, automatic sensors that shut the facility down in case of fire, and sensors that monitor for leaks. Sensors that monitor for leaks. Commissioner David Gillespie cast a lone no vote. Gillespie questioned whether there would be enough security at the building to prevent someone from damaging it. Last month, an administrative law allowed the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe to intervene on plans to expand the Dakota Access Pipeline. North Dakota regulators have set a November 13th public hearing in, Link in Linton, near where the pump station would go, on the proposed expansion. The tribe led original opposition, opposition to the crude oil pipeline. The $3.8 billion pipeline is less than a half mile from the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation beneath the Missouri uh, Reservoir. So. Why I'm bringing this up is A, I mean, it's already a danger that the Dakota Access Pipeline even exists in the first place. But now when you're talking about expanding a pipeline like this from 500, 500 million barrels a day to over 1 million barrels a day, the pipeline was not built to, for that level of capacity. You would have to expand the diameter of the pipeline to safely do that. You can't retroactively expand the diameter of a pipeline. <laughs> so what they're basically doing is stuffing more oil in a pipeline that isn't equipped to hold that much because they don't give a damn if it explodes. They don't give a damn if it leaks. They don't care if it leaks into water supplies. They don't care if it kills animals. They don't care if it destroys sacred burial lands like it did in Standing Rock and other places. They don't care. They're insured in case of explosion and this and that. So are their investors. You are not if you live in the path of this pipeline. Not to mention separate pipeline, but Keystone XL pipeline is going to begin construction probably by the end of this year, which status quo has been trying to uh, work on going there. So I will have news on that end. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back from certain, tri certain tribe members. We know that South Dakota, North Dakota politicians, they're all bought off by the oil companies. We know that Energy Transfer Partners itself literally paid off the police in North Dakota. Literally, the police were reimbursed by Energy Transfer Partners in North Dakota for their law enforcement at Standing Rock, i.e. beating the living shit out of Native Americans and environmental activists. But this stuff happening on the ground now the rubber stamping of expanding this pipeline. Remember this report. Remember these stories when that pipeline explodes. It's not if, it's when. And when they pretend that, oh, we didn't know it would happen and oh, we had safeguards in place. Remember, the tribes were screaming about it. Remember the few journalists who tried to raise awareness about this. Remember the environmental activists who were fighting out against this. And it might not be the path of the Dakota Access Pipeline might not be coming through your neck of the woods, but I promise you, if you do enough homework, there's pipelines like it all over where you live. Trump has opened, if Obama uh, expanded fracking and these natural gas and crude oil pipelines, Trump has doubled down because they're all a bunch of mother frackers as far as I'm concerned.